Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. We're on the final week, week four, and uh, who's been learning about happiness over the last four weeks? It's been a good, even for me as I've been preparing about this, and just how, how, how happiness is not found directly. You don't get happy by trying to be happy, right? Uh, it, it's something that is found in God. It's, um, it's something that is found in the, where we have put our roots down into. That's where we draw happiness from. And, and I don't know if you can remember or if you weren't here the first week that I talked about happiness. Uh, we talked about a tree and we talked about how in Australia... Uh, when when uh, bushfires go through, we call them bushes in Australia. The bush means anywhere where there's trees in Australia. So if you're going to go to the bush, you're going to where there's lots of trees. Okay, it's just simple like that. But if there's a bushfire that runs through, uh, if you visit those places a year later, you'll see that there's new growth, that those trees have survived because of where their roots are. And that's, that's what the kingdom of God talks about happiness a lot. It talks about it in the language of being blessed. A lot of the time when you hear the word or you, when you read the word blessed in the Bible, like in Psalm 1 where it says, blessed is he who doesn't walk in step with the wicked, right? Blessed, you can directly relate, you can actually di- directly translate that to happy. Happy is the one. So the Bible talks a lot about happiness, but we kind of miss it because of the language, right? Um, and, but, but, but essentially this series, what I wanted us all to learn is that the happiness is found as we pursue God. There is a promise of happiness and it's not circumstantial. That's the crazy thing about it. That even in bad circumstances, even if that bushfire comes through, you can still be happy and you can still be growing. Isn't that amazing? That's the promise of the Bible and you can claim it. Like it's not, it's not, it's not just a maybe. It's a if you're really, really pursuing God, no matter what, and if He is central to your world, there is going to be a blessedness that comes out of your life that will spring forth, like, and, and it will be that water that, that, that Jesus was offering, that whosoever would drink of it will never, ever, ever, ever thirst. Amen. So today, I want to just quickly talk about this topic on the last uh, week of this um, series. The subtitle for this is Choose Your Fear. Choose Your Fear. Choose your fear. You know, in, <laughs> we've got to choose our fear. Um, the Bible uh, talks about, uh, in Psalm chapter 128, it, it says this, and, and you'll understand what I'm talking about when I say choose your fear. It says, blessed, which can be translated as happy, okay? Blessed are all those who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to Him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots round your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May, your, may you live to see your children's children. Peace be on Israel. A lot of confusion is around about this word fear and its use in the Bible. You ever wondered why God would say, fear him? Has that, has that ever been a question that's run through your mind? It has been for me. I don't get this fear thing. One thing that we have to understand about this word fear 
It's a, it's a little bit broader uh, what the, the word they've used there to translate the word into or out of what it was in originally. That, that you've got to understand that the, the, when they say fear, it's a little broader than I'm really scared, okay? That's, that, is that what image comes to you when, um, when you say the word fear? Like if your kids are in the, you know, at nighttime and they're afraid to be in the dark, we, we think, well, that's fear, right? They've got, they've got a fear issue. And how is that connected to God? Well, um, there is that aspect to God where when we really begin to understand who this God is, what He can do, and uh, what's, 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 what's actually in His power, you begin to feel like, okay, this guy is bigger than me. Uh, I cannot control him. And he is in charge of my life. Okay? He, you know, the Bible talks about how God the Father is the judge. That we will all stand before Him one day, and an account will be given for our lives and all that we've done. And he will be the one who brings the hammer on down uh, as to whether or not we come into heaven or go to hell. Now, what does that produce in you? Happiness or fear? I know what it does for me. I feel a little bit like, oh my gosh, I better get my act together, right? This, see, that's the fear we're talking about. But it's more than that. There is this aspect to God where you, we have to come to this place. Because a lot of people think that they can mess with God. A lot of people think that, that God kind of shifts and shapes according to their will. He doesn't. Okay? God doesn't, God doesn't shift and shape according to your will because of the gift that you can bring Him. You know, like a lot of people think, okay, if I give God like 12 gold bars. But, you know, if your motive is, um, if your motive is to change the will of God, and that's the reason for your offering, you haven't understood who this God is. This living God will not be changed according to what you want. He will only do His will, right? And the Bible talks very clearly about that, but we as humans, we get a little bit uneasy about that. Why? Because, well, we prefer things to go our way, right? Anybody with me on that? See, fear, fear starts with understanding who this God is. And, and you know the word awesome? You know, awesome? Anybody grew up on Bill and Ted? Okay, only a few of you are going to know about this. Okay, I see a few nods. Awesome! Awesome! You know what I'm talking about, right? None of you do. Okay, it's okay. I'm just going to keep moving. <laughs> Bill and Ted, look it up. It's a funny old movie. Maybe don't. Okay. The word awesome, you know, when you see something, you say, oh, hey, that's awesome. That word actually comes from, uh, from an old word that was only in reference to God. We get the word awe from. So there's this other side of God that He is awesome. When you look up at the stars at night, if there ever is any stars in Mumbai, or like if there just happens to be a clear night and you see eight star, or if you go to Pune or outside or Lenavala and you say, oh, there is stars in the sky, amazing. Um, you, you, you'll be struck with the awesomeness of God. I mean, have you ever been out in nature and you're like, man, wow. I mean, it's crazy. They still can't understand even us as humans. Their science has been spending billions and billions of dollars trying to understand the human being. And they just can't, because God is awesome. What He creates, what He makes is incredible, right? Awesome. There is this awesomeness to God. So that word fear is also attached to that. It's that, okay, okay, hold on a second. There is this being that is bigger than me, that knows more than me, 
that is in control and I ain't in control, he is. So when it says this here, this word in, 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 in Psalm 128, blessed are all who fear the Lord, that word fear, is import, it's important to note that that fear entails all of what I just spoke about. Okay? But there's also a choice here. See, the thing is, is us humans will always fear something. We'll always fear something. There is a lot of things that are bigger than us. I don't know if you've noticed that. There is a lot of uncontrollable circumstances that can come our way. There are a lot of uh, things that we would wish never happened, but they happen. You know, when you think of the natural disasters and when you think of, you know, just things that, uh, where our lives can run into incredible loss or where we run into things where, where or, or, or even as children when we were supposed to be nurtured and yet we weren't, you know, we may have been abused. or th These things can induce fear, right? Okay? And we've all got fear. Who, who's scared of something? Who's scared of something? Who's got fear about certain... Who's fearful uh, 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 for their jobs? I mean, who's fearful for, you know, for their future? I mean, I, I, I sometimes have those moments where I come before the Lord. I'm just like, God, I'm, I'm afraid of what's going to happen, right? Am I alone in that? I don't think so. I think we all have fear. But the Bible is telling us here that we've got to choose our fear. You've got to choose your fear. You're always going to be afraid of something, okay? You're always going to be afraid of something, now, um, when we begin to look at what is causing that fear underneath uh, the, the fear, what's un whatever's underneath the fear, what we usually find is there is, some sort of, there is some sort of area in our lives where we're not trusting God. And what God is, is actually asking us to do is trust Him in all areas of our lives. So instead of fearing whatever you're fearing, we fear Him. We take our fear and we go, no, God, I'm fearing you because I know who you are and I know what you can do and I know that you're in control. That is fearing God. I know that, God, you are over my circumstances. You're in control and you've got it. That's fearing God. You understand? We've got to choose our fear. Now, this is a matter of allegiance. Who understands this word allegiance? Okay. I was going to read to you 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 10 to 18, but... I won't, okay? In this scripture, it's where the Israelites, okay, in the Old Testament, whom were the people of God, who were the people um, whom the living God was amongst, okay, and he was working amongst them, uh, they wanted a human king. They wanted a human king, okay? Right? Because, you know why they wanted a human king? Is because all of the surrounding nations around them had a human king. You understand? So they're like, hey, everybody else has got a king and they go to war and they've got this big king that rides out in front of them and, you know, he's, the, he's a victorious one. It's because, it's because of that king that they are, you know, they're, they're, they're able to do what they do. And God was actually not into that. He wanted to be their king, right? And so the, the prophet, the man of God, and in, in those days, that's how the, how, how the Lord would work. He would choose a man that would be the prophet, the man of God, and he would speak to the nation, right? So, so and he, this guy's name was Samuel. So Samuel, they come to Samuel and say, we want a king. And he says to them, hold up a second. Hold up, hold up, hold up a second. No, no, no. If you, if you choose this, like God didn't stop him, but he warned them. He said, if you choose this, this is what's going to happen. That king... Is gonna, he's, gonna, he's gonna want your allegiance, which means he is gonna rule over you. He's gonna take your sons 
and they're going to be in the army. He's going to take your wives, the, the prettiest ones of the land, okay, the prettiest daughters, and he's going to want to marry them. He's going to, he, because that, that's what kings do, right? When, in, and, and a way of showing an allegiance to a king, um, it, even though we may not agree to him, but because of the safety that that king provides, we, we go and have to just obey whatever he is demanding. You understand? So this was the warning that, that Samuel brought to the people of Israel. They still wanted to go ahead with the king. And, and if you read every step after that, not all of them, but a lot of these kings, man, they were just rotten guys because they weren't meant to be in that position. Okay, because we are we are meant to only have our allegiance to God. We're not meant to fear anything else. Only God. See, we we have to choose where we are putting our fear. And God wants it only with him. Do you understand? You're going to fear. But we need to come to the Lord when we are in fear and say, you know what? I'm I'm fearful of this situation. I'm fearful of this circumstance. And God, in this moment, I'm choosing to trust you. Because my allegiance is with you. You have to be so aware and so careful because, you know, um, our, 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 our fear and allegiance are completely linked. And your fear will actually show where your allegiance lies. It's the things that you are most scared of. It will show up the things in your world that are actually driving, and your fear will drive you. Who, who agrees? that your fear will drive you. You may not even know it, but if you haven't made yourself aware of what you're fearful of and the loss you may be fearing and the circumstances you may be fearing and what you are avoiding as a result of it, you could be actually running outside of the will of God and not even know it because your fear is attached to your allegiance. And you may find that you're in a place where your allegiance is not to God, but you're like the Israelites who gave their, gave their allegiance to another person that was never meant to have it. You understand? So this fear concept, you have to understand that the reason why it's in the Bible is because we will fear, we have fear, and it's attached to our allegiance. It's attached to what will drive us. And if our fear is not in the Lord, we will find ourselves getting off track from the will of God. And I don't think anybody wants that. Amen. So God wants our fear. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. It says this, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and all, with all your soul? And to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. You know, this scripture is, uh, is, is a tough one because I, oftentimes I'm found, especially for those who are seeking out this living God that we worship, oftentimes they just want this God to come to their beck and call. And they think, okay, maybe I'll just come along for a few Sundays. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. And, and then they find that circumstances don't change. Right? And I, whenever I see this happening amongst our church, we, always, we want to be a church for seekers. We want to be a church for people who come and find Jesus. But we need to help them to understand who is the, who, what's really going on here. This God is going to do what He's going to do. It's not about Him coming to our, our will, but our, our will bending to His. 
Do you understand? So, so this scripture is like, I mean, listen to this. This is, this is what we're meant to do. What does the Lord, your God, ask of you but to fear, okay, your God, to walk in obedience to Him? Or what are we obedient to? To love Him, to serve the Lord, and to, with, all your, with all your heart, not just half of it, and with all your soul, and to absorb, observe all the Lord's commands and, and decrees that, that, that are given, right? I mean, this needs to be our approach to God. This needs to be the way it's done. And, and I just want to put it to you. Maybe some things in your life would change the moment you begin to understand that it's not about your will, but His will. Maybe you're not trusting Him. Maybe your allegiance is given to something else. Maybe there's some other things driving you. I want, to under, I want you to understand that you today, you need, to, you need to adjust. Choose your fears. Choose what's driving you. If it's not God, your allegiances are in another place. And the promises of God, the promises of the Scripture don't apply. You understand? Right? It's a bit quiet in here. I can see the, some minds turning like, okay, mm, okay, all right. But here's something that I want you to understand. There's this Scripture in 1 John chapter, 10, uh, chapter, chapter 4, verse 18. Uh, I, I, want, I want to read this Scripture to you. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Here's the thing about God that's beautiful. That's wonderful. And this is the gospel. See, everything was put on the cross. All of our sin, all of our shame, all of the reasons why we wouldn't want to approach God and would feel unworthy, all the reasons why you feel like you need to bring something to God and have it ready, or all the reasons why you want to present yourself as good before God rather than just as you really are, is, is to do with this kind of fear. But here the Lord is drawing us to He's saying, come, fear me. And as we do, this is what happens. As we realize that all God, although this God is awesome, and although my life is in His hands, and although He could slay me if He wanted to, He hasn't. And He doesn't. Why? Because He's a God of love. And the moment we come and bring our fear to the Lord, and come to Him and say, God, You are my God. I will serve and obey You and You only. This perfect love that He has, this acceptance, this freedom, this hope starts to walk into our, into our lives. The Spirit of God fills us and fear is cast away. And it no longer drives us because perfect love casts out all fear. Isn't that cool? I love that. So come to the Lord. Know that you can fear Him. See, the other things that you may fear, they don't have a promise like this. The other things that you fear, the stuff, the motivations, the, the things in your world that are driving you, they may promise something, but they may never deliver. Do you understand? You know, you might have a promise that, yeah, once you get that promotion, and once you get that increment rise, or once you get that, that girl, or once you get that guy, or once you get whatever it is that's driving you, then you'll be happy. I mean, the promise is there, but does it always happen like that? Doesn't it? They don't always deliver. You get there and you realize, hold on a second, everything's still the same. But in Christ, when we, when we, when we are driven to Him, 
when we say, no, no, my allegiance is to you and you alone, Lord God. You are my driving force. You are central to my life. We come to him, even though we may be broken, even though we may be sinners, even though we may not have it together, that we come to him and say, God, I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm yours. And perfect love casts out all the fear. And you realize this is a good God who loves you, who wants to, who wants to be your friend, who wants to walk with you closer than a brother. And there's a confidence that's born out of that. So what do we have to do? What do we have to do? I mean, what can we bring to this God who is all-encompassing, who is omniscient, omnipresent, who is way bigger than us, the creator of the universe. The Bible says that his footstool, his footstool is a universe. It's God is big. What, what, what can we do? Well, the Bible tells us, it's in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of this mercy, this king, this ruler, in view of his mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. Before this king, what can you bring him? Really, what can we bring Jesus? <laughs> what can we bring the, the ruler of the universe? Well, because of his mercy, you can offer him yourself. You can offer him you. And, and, and when you do that, we can go back to this, this Psalm 128, where it says, Blessed, blessed are those who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You'll eat the fruit of your labor. Blessing and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. It's a funny one, that one. Because, you know, um, this is making reference to Song of Solomon's. This basically means your wife is going to want to have sex with you. That's what he's saying. Any men in the house are like, okay. <laughs> but this is, and this is important to know because a lot of the time, us men, the reason why things aren't working out in that department is usually because we're not fearful of the Lord. We're not doing things in love. We're doing things in haste and we're doing things in, in uh, you know, selfishness. And, you know, so, so just look at some of the promises here. Your, your, your children will be like olive shoots, like they'll be full of life. The fruit of your labor means that, you know, the, the hard work, yes, you'll have to work, but there, there will be fruit in your labor. There won't be waste. You won't be kind of left. That God's going to look after that department and there's going to be blessings and there's going to be prosperity because you've understood whose you are and where your allegiance lies. And things will settle and there'll be peace. You know, a lot of the time, all the things in life that we're wrestling with, the wrestles, are usually an allegiance thing. The wrestles, are, but th there's only one person that we're meant to be wrestling with, and it's God. We bring our fears to Him. We bring our 
our hopelessness to Him. We bring our depression to Him. We bring our stuff to Him. We bring the things that aren't working out to Him. I'm just speaking to the men right now. I just want you to hear me, guys. You might be wrestling through life right now. There might be issues in your world that you can't work out. I want you to know something. Take that wrestle to the Lord. Don't take it to your wife. Don't take it to, 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 uh, take it to the people that you lead in your work. Bring it to the Lord. Because it's an allegiance thing. It's to do with your God and whom you're serving. And you'll find as you do that, things will settle in your world. They'll settle. God wants to speak to you. He wants to be in your ear. He wants to lead you. But it starts with fearing Him, with understanding who He is. Understanding He is a God of mercy. Amen. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.